Welcome to Dreaming Back to the Earth, a podcast dedicated to exploring the concept that our dreams and their wisdom are a path to our soul-rooted relationship to ourselves and to the earth. My name is Mary Kay Casper, and I co-host this podcast with Katrina Dreamer. This episode, I'm going to be doing on my own, and I wanted to talk about um, an area of working with my dreams that's near and dear to my heart. The idea that the dream and the dreaming is an altar to the sacred. I learned about this concept from a dear Druid friend of mine, Jim Lar. He talked about carrying a pipe and that the pipe was an altar for the prayers of his people and the community and the healing of the earth. That's a very powerful concept. And so I feel a great deal of gratitude to Jim for this concept and how I look at the dream in my life. And so I wanted to talk about that in this episode for myself. And I'll begin with three quick dreams. I am in a van driving down the road and it is constantly crashing into poles and curbs. Another, I am being trampled by elephants. And one more, I am in a jungle trying to find a woman who has been kidnapped. As I search, I am greeted by a woman shaman. Her eyes are on fire and I'm afraid of death. Her eyes look into mine and the fire comes out of her eyes and into mine. I go into a trance. All three of these dreams are powerful and they hold space for my healing and gaining insight into my life. The dream I believe as the sacred altar of my being offers me access to profound relationship with the universal energy of all of life. When I shift into the experience of dreaming, when I fall asleep and start to dream, I step through a gateway, a portal, where guidance and support can be accessed. This dreaming energy, it engages me to tap into the intelligence of the universal unconsciousness, which Carl Jung so eloquently speaks to. It is within that dreaming experience and upon waking, that I can be embodied with wisdom, insight, and healing. And the potency of the dream's gift can be manifest through prophetic dreams, trance work, direct lucid dreaming, or the use of diverse models of working with the dream. It is this potential and the capacity of the energy of the dream which creates this experience of the story that I live in my dreams. This dream energy that I call the dream maker. And I believe this is a sacred altar. One that provides the foundation for, for the work of transformation and manifestation. And it's for this reason that I carry dream energy, the dream maker 
in all aspects of my life as this gateway through which I step and the guidance received as the altar of my being. How is it that the energy of dreaming could be an altar? Well, I suggest that to understand this, we step beyond the current descriptions of an altar and dive deep into its historical and metaphysical approaches to understand what I'm talking about. So let's talk about history. Within many traditions, an altar is seen as a structure with grounded service of some design for the presentation of religious offerings, sacrifices, or other ritualistic purposes. Many altars can be found at shrines, temples, churches, and places in the woods. It is often created as a permanent structure. If you've walked through the woods or if you walk, walk in front of a church or inside a church, there is something, a table, uh, um, a place near a tree where there's something permanent created. Again, like a, a garden, a stone foundation. And this is where statues or sacred objects are placed along with flowers and other elements that can adorn it. It is imagined as a place where what we can honor and revered is laid out. The purpose of adorning the structure is to connect us with the sacred, where desires, prayers, and gratitudes can be focused on. We can then recognize, celebrate, and enter into sacred action through engaging that altar. And individually, we can create altars in our form for specific purposes, and in communities, we build them to link and unite with a larger, broader consciousness of spirit. So if I have an altar that I've created in my home on a shelf, I put objects that are related to that intention and manifestation that I desire. And I acknowledge that altar and the elements that are on that altar on a regular basis. So this concept of an altar is a brilliant manifestation of the sacred. It is known as a place of non-ordinary reality, and it is held within or ordinary reality. So when I step close to my altar, I'm stepping into a place that is sacred and non-ordinary as I begin to pray and engage or chant or, or speak to that which is held at that altar. And so the intention is to work with those energies of the specific objects placed on the altar and to invite spirit to merge with me. Once created and empowered, an altar is a conduit to the sacred. Simply in its presence, one can be renewed, refreshed, and touched deeply by spirit or whichever energy you choose to manifest and identify, whether it's goddess, god, or a quality that is imbued in that altar. Creating a altar is like building a sacred home. The more creative and intentional it is, the more likely spirit will be attracted and set up home there. 
the intention is to imbue that altar with the energy of prayers and chants so that there is an attraction to you with that altar. There is a relationship that happens back and forth. That that portal that's created when you step into praying um, actually connects the waking world and the spiritual world. It's kind of a gateway to the unconscious magical realms of spirit. And when we listen to and engage the altar, this is where we can interact with life in all its form and beyond life. In some ways, we are co-creators uh, who can engage nature and all genders when we connect with the altar. I believe that it's beyond dualities, but instead the diverse expression of life and all that exists in the universe. An altar in and of itself is a being where all energies converge, meet, and engage. And in that engagement, transformation is inevitable and possible. So with any relationship, the more active our practice of acknowledging and working with the altar, the more potent the presence of spirit becomes. An altar becomes that experience where transformation occurs within the relationship that's encouraged and developed. And, and now I want to step even further into this idea of altar, as I believe. So in many pagan and indigenous traditions, there is a belief that all aspects of life are sacred and embody the energy of spirit and soul. And within this belief, all of life can enliven the energies of an altar, to be an altar. So I'm saying that, you know, we, I spoke to this idea of a structure that is an altar that we engage, that in some cases can be permanent, like in a church, or transient, as in creating different structural um, altars for different seasons or different uh gods or goddesses that we want to engage let's take that a step further so if in different traditions all of life is sacred and holds spirit and we are able to work with those energies wouldn't it be the case that an altar can be in being because it's a place or an energy of the sacred? So in this form, an altar becomes something more than in space. Instead, is it, it's recognized as an energetic being alive and aware. In realizing an altar as a living being, so does the form it can take in our spiritual practices. It can evolve and move such as a plant growing from a seed to a blossoming flower or a portable, such as a handful of stones that we lay out in a circle to perform a ritual only to be gathered and carried to the next location for the ritual. Could prayer beads be an altar? I would say so, yes. An altar is any aspect of life and energies where conscious intent is gathered to work with the sacred to transform and engage. 
It is a meeting and weaving of this relationship that builds on the potent intention to transform. Even the earth itself, when engaged in sacred form, is the foundation for an altar. I would say, can you imagine the earth as an altar to the sacred? Can you imagine the earth as a living, breathing being that is sacred? And it is within this knowledge and belief that I recognize the dream energy as an altar. So let's take it to the dream. I mean, the dream itself is energy. It's energy in our brain. It's energy that's connected to universal consciousness. Um, it's energy that is uh, engaged through the physical aspects of our brain and our body, as well as the unconscious energies that just make up life. And I believe that the dream itself, if we talk about when we step into the dreaming in place, you know, in, engages us as opening a gateway or a portal to provide access to sacred realms so that it actually does what we intend when we work with an altar. Where all guidance in this dream to becoming regarding our life, the world around us and the universe is possible where my consciousness links with the universal and consciousness and all of life. When I step into the sleep, sleeping mode or I journey with intention, I tap into a, a mutual relationship with the dream energy, which I have nurtured and nourished ahead of time. I feel its aliveness as a being that weaves the patterns of life, nature, and the energies of the universe to create some form of dream story experience or feeling. These experiences manifest like in full visual stories, bits of stories, feelings, sounds, or images, which invite me to dance with them in all of their forms. And so the result upon waking is that the dream energy offers a memory to be engaged. And yes, even if we do not remember a dream in any form, the body and spirit does remember, does have memories. And in that way, we embody the memories of our dreams and those before and ahead through our own genetics and reincarnation. And guidance and transformation occur in all aspects of our memory. So I believe that our connection to our heritage, our lineage, um, we carry dreams from our genetics. And I also believe that in our aspect of living life, and if you believe in reincarnation from other lives, we carry those dreams too within our spirit, within our body. And it affects us and it engages us. Um, so think about it. The In the lineage of family trauma or talents, those are carried from one generation to the next. When recognized, heal, and practice, the change occurs. This is about embodied memories and how they affect us. Another example is related to our environment. 
Have you ever been to an ancient stone circle? Walked among the stones and felt the energies that laid within? Those are the memories of many ceremonies, the history of the land, and many beings working with those stones. It's palpable. And I have had that experience in my travels to the UK. I had one experience where we went to a, an ancient village um, where there were stone circles. And I laid on the land and I could feel the energy and the memories. I even fell asleep. Um, and had a dream on that land. It was pretty powerful. Um, so, so these examples are, are elements of remembering how life flows through us um, and when, within us through time. And so I carry that dream energy with me and for me and for my community, the land, the dream, and for spirit. You know, I don't just dream and then that's it. I carry its energy. I remember its energy. I engage its energy. I think about my dreams often. I even create a uh, various types of uh, permanent altars to the dream. These are some ways that I can carry my dreaming altar. How do I nurture and honor its willingness to be in relationship with me? To carry it, I dream with intention. I work with mine and other dreams. I engage the dreaming, dreaming energy to create new knowledge and skills to work with dreams. I share my knowledge and skills with my communities and engage and encourage others to do the same. Another way that I carry my dream energy is by carrying or embodying talismans or um, objects that are related to the dream time, to the dreaming energy, to a particular dream. I may carry a stone that represents a certain type of dream that I had that I desire to embody that energy around. Um, for a very long time, I wore a snake necklace as my talisman to the dream of the snake and how the power of the dream um, or the power of the snake um, embodied me. It's elixir for me um, that changed me in so many ways. It's for me, it's about being in right relationship with my dreams and with life. And I think it's really important with any altar that there's some reciprocity. So if we're working with energies, that it's a give and take. And I really believe that it's very critical when you're working with a sacred being as an access, as a portal to sacred energies, that I do something on my part to nurture the relationship. And in nurturing, I feed my dream maker or the energy of the dream as an altar to the sacred. Um, I feed and nurture a dream by acknowledging, honor and engaging with it regularly. Its nourishment comes in the form of performing rituals, engaging the wisdom of the dream 
creating practices from the dream's wisdom. I dream with intent. I hold gratitude for the dream each morning. I care for my body and my unconscious. And I speak to the dream regularly. There are so many ways to honor the dream energy. And in those ways, I am nurturing it. I am nourishing it. Um, and I am honoring it. And by what I say around working with the dreams and wisdom, I go back to, you know, wearing the talisman of the, of the snake. That is a way that I honor the dream's energy. It's when I forget about my dreaming time. It's when I don't remember to speak to the dream that that relationship begins to falter a bit. And so for me, it's really important to acknowledge and nurture if I want to be in relationship in a way that is going to be um, assisting me in engaging the world, being healthy, healing, um, assisting others, um, and acknowledging the sacredness of life. And so I have discovered that the more that I work with the dream energy as an altar, as a place that is a portal and that I am dreaming with intention um, and honoring that the more movement of energy in the form of a light for me is experienced um, and perceived. It's really powerful how all my senses awaken and connect with these energies. The responsibility to the dream's energy as an altar lies in my being humble and ethical and rather having re regular dream, dream engagement and doing awareness work. I mean, for me, it is how my soul engages the dream that shifts the energies in me and in others. And the dreaming energy then becomes a living being that breathes into life itself and to me. So the dream as an altar, and remember we spoke to that, I spoke to that before, like it can be the structure that has sacred objects and we use it to engage and transform. We honor it. We do the same with the dream if we're dreaming with intention. It's the exact same thing. And if an altar can be something that is connected to all of life, why couldn't a dream be an altar? If we see it in that way and engage it as a sacred element to our lives, a sacred energy to our lives. And therefore the energy of the dream is an altar to the sacred, one that I carry every day for myself and all of life. And that is powerful for me and transformative. And so as I come to the end of this particular episode, I encourage you, those of you in particular that work with the dream energy on a regular basis, to imagine 
the dream as an altar of your being, as a living being that breathes into you the stories of your life, the stories of a journey that you have taken for millennia, that we look at the dream as an altar to the sacred. And then closing, I would suggest as a practice to create a altar to the dream or an altar that is the dream. And remember to lay it out with intention, create it with intention, and to take care of it every day and be with it every day. And acknowledge it with gratitude. This is Dreaming Back to the Earth. And my name is Mary Kay Casper. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And soon Katrina and I will be offering another one together. Take care and be well. Sweet dreams.